And welcome back to Real Talk Sports with Rico. I will be your host today. I first want to go ahead and thank Anchor for being our platform. I want to thank our sponsors out there, put sponsorship on the show. And then lastly, I want to go ahead and thank the uh, fans out there who have actually chimed in here from week to week and have actually gone ahead and um, added some value in helping us drive content for the show as far as topics and things like that. So without further ado, today's show, we are just talking strictly about week number four of the NFL season here as we go pretty much and go through a recap of game to game um, and essentially, you know, kind of the things that we had um, saw, you know, pretty much throughout uh, each game and kind of the big injuries here for this week four as well. So uh, the first game of the week had to be the Denver Broncos versus the New York Jets, Uh, the Denver Broncos winning 37 to 28. In this game, I think the 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 thing that we see most is just how terrible that the Jets really are. Um, I think when you look at Adam Gase there, um, I think that's his name. He's in a really tough position there at 0-4, no Le'Veon Bell. Uh, Sam Darnelson, he looked okay, but just doesn't have too much offense around him other than Jason or Jamison Crowder, excuse me. The former Washington player had seven for 104. Um, He looked pretty good on 10 targets, but you know, on Denver's side of the ball, starting an undrafted rookie and uh, you know, I I don't know how many quarterbacks that they've played. Um, They've been through an abundance of quarterbacks since Peyton Manning has actually left and led them to the Super Bowl, but they get the first win of the season. Jerry Judy gets his first touchdown of the year. I think he's going to be a dynamic player, especially since Cortland Sutherland is out. And I think he's probably going to be one of the the big pieces here for Denver. Uh, Melvin Gordon had a pretty good game, 23 rushes, 107 um, for two touchdowns. So a good kudos to Denver for getting their first win. Uh, Both teams are really going to struggle, but uh, just, I I think, you know, this game pretty much can confirms how tough it is going to be for the New York Jets moving forward. Uh, Next up was the Bengals and the Jacksonville Jaguars, 33 to 25. I believe Joe Burrow gets his first win um, of the season here as they are now one, two, and one, and Jacksonville falls to one and three. Um, Looking on the side of the ball, starting with the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, another terrific outing for Joe Burrow. 300 yards, a touchdown, did have the one pick, but um, certainly not shy to go down the field. Joe Mixon had an awesome game, 25 rushes, 151, and two touchdowns. He looked very good. Um, As far as the receiving core, Tyler Boyd continues to look good. He had seven receptions for 90 yards. And T. Higgins, a young rookie as well, looking pretty good with the four receptions for 77 yards. I think A.J. Green actually went down in this one. Could be huge moving forward for Cincinnati. On the other side of the ball, Gardner Mitchell was able to to dime up for two touchdowns there and 351 did throw an interception. James Robinson continues to do his thing over 100 yards from scrimmage again, uh, 17 rushes, 75 yards, and then had 32 more yards um, from the receiving standpoint. And DJ Clark Jr. had two touchdowns as well and eight receptions, 95 yards. So big to have him back. Um, so Jacksonville one and three, uh, one, two and one for Cincinnati um, in the win column there for Joe Burrow, who's looked really good as a rookie Cleveland against the Dallas Cowboys and so 49 to 38 definitely the high 
uh, scoring game of the week here. Uh, there was not a whole bunch that Cleveland could not do. Really, really uh, torched um, Dallas on the ground. Um, yeah, they looked really good. Like Dearness Johnson, 13 rushes, 95 yards. Kareem Hunt, 11 for 71. He had two touchdowns. Odell Beckham had two rushes, 73 yards, and a touchdown there. Uh, Baker Mayfield also threw for two scores as well. Jarvis Landry threw a touchdown as well. Um, you know, just I think the highlight of this game essentially is just the fact that Dallas struggles to stop people. They do have a potent offense. Uh, Dak threw for 502 yards, believe it or not. Like, gosh, that is a lot of offense. <laughs> Four touchdowns and did have the uh, INT. And uh, Ezekiel Elliott continues to be kind of quiet this year. I mean, the 12 rush is 54 yards. But again, this is the most potent I have ever seen Dallas as far as the aerial attack is concerned. But they just can't stop anybody. But the funny thing is Dallas is one and three, but they're still in it for the NFC East. And Cleveland, maybe they're, they're turning the corner here. They're now three and one looking pretty good there in the AFC North. Next game up we had is going to be the New Orleans Saints versus the Detroit Lions. Slow start for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, you know, coming in, they had some positive COVID tests, uh, which kind of gave them a little scare. Uh, but they were still able to play the game. This was definitely on alert for a postponement, but it ended up playing on time. Um, and Detroit hopped out to an early 14-7 lead, and then that's when uh, New Orleans basically scored 21 unanswered points and pretty much just shifted this game over into their favor. Uh, Drew Brees probably had one of his better outings of the year. The 246, two touchdowns, did have an INT. Um, Alvin Kamari was terrific as usual, 19 rushes, 83 yards, and then added another 36 through the air. Emmanuel Sanders looked pretty good as well for the first time there with the six receptions for 93 yards and Taquan Smith, four receptions, 54 yards and two touchdowns. And so that's huge for New Orleans that has been struggling um, ever since Michael Thompson has kind of gone out. They really haven't had anybody to go down the field to. And, you know, they've they were able to find something here against the Detroit Lions. And the Lions continue to struggle here as they now fall to one and three in the NFC North and two and two for new orleans in the nfc south so they're holding together uh they're right in the thick of things right now looking at the los angeles chargers versus the tampa bay buccaneers um this is probably one of the bigger games of the day because of the injury standpoint uh, austin eckers actually goes out with a really bad hamstring knee injury it looked pretty gruesome um, in the first quarter definitely saying that he's on the ir um, I, I haven't seen any reports saying what it's confirmed to be but it, it definitely didn't look good there um Justin Hubert for the Chargers looked really good again. Three touchdowns, 290. It did have an interception late when they were trying to drive down to kind of knock this thing up. Um, so he looked pretty good. Um, and then also to Keenan Allen, he looks like he's on pace probably to maybe lead the league in receptions because, you know, Justin Hubert continues to keep feeding him. He had eight for 62 in this one, no touchdowns. But the Chargers offense looked really good as far as going down the field. Definitely like what this rookie has shown. 
Um, you know, I think that they wanted to probably have Tyrod Taylor play a little bit longer before they gave the reins to Justin Hubert. But I just think that it's going to be tough for Justin Hubert to sit down um, based off the way he's played. He's played pretty good um, football here the last couple starts. And I just think that if the Chargers want to, to have a legit chance, they may have to go with the rookie as they have now gone to one and three here. And on the flip side of that, Tampa Bay wins 38 to 31 here, moved to three and one. This is the best game for Tom Brady, 369, five touchdowns and an INT. Ronald Jones looked good on the ground, 20 rushes, 111, uh, 23 for his longest. And so when you look at the Buccaneers, they're really banged up. Mike Evans re-sprained an ankle, came back, had seven for 122 and a touchdown. Scotty Miller stepped up. He's got a hip injury. Um, he's hurting and he had a touchdown for five for 83. OJ Howard went down. It looks like to an apparent Achilles injury immediately carted off. Um, and then you look at the injuries behind them in the running back situation. I think Leonard Fournette, um, he's down. LaShawn McCoy uh, wasn't looking good as well. So um, one of the best games of the season for Tom Brady, I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens now that he is minus some weapons here. They're, they're already losing um, Godwin, who's been out with a hamstring as well. So um, it'll be interesting to see now what Bruce Aarons is able to cook up here with so many injuries with the Buccaneers. But they're 3-1 and one, um, and the best game of the season for Tom Brady. So certainly that's a good sight or welcome sight for anybody that is a Buccaneers fan. Seattle Seahawks versus the Miami Dolphins, 31-23. One of the most potent offenses in the league. Uh, Russell Wilson does his thing yet again as they continue to keep going here. Um, Russell Wilson has 360 um, as far as through the air and then also two had two touchdowns did have the INT Chris Carson ended up playing when many thought he wouldn't with the spraying knee ends up having uh, two touchdowns on the ground as well a quiet day for Tyler Lockett but the fireworks were provided by DJ Medcalf we had the four receptions for 106 David Moore um, playing that third wide receiver position he also had a touchdown as well so um, still the struggles for the Dolphins and, you know, you know, it, it was going to be a tough game going against one of the better offenses in the league is I think Seattle is 4-0 for the first time in a long time. And they're looking really, really good. Um, so getting it done there in Miami. Next up, Baltimore Ravens versus the Washington football team, 31-17 in this one. Lamar Jackson and company get back to the winning ways um, after getting uh, beat pretty badly there by the Chiefs. And not a whole bunch to say about this one, uh, except that Baltimore is who we thought they were. Um, 193, two touchdowns for Lamar Jackson. And then he also had a rushing touchdown as well. Seven rushes for 53 yards. Um, on the flip side of that with Washington, 314 for Hackens, did have three sacks. Um, the offense struggled. Antonio Gibson was probably the bright spot there. Uh, 13 rushes, 46 yards, and a touchdown there. He also had four receptions for 82 yards um, and no scores there. So, you know, that's one of the things that they had talked about was his involvement in the offense, and he was going to become a bigger part and obviously before the season started they let Adrian Peterson go uh, really starting to see why Antonio Gibson is the starter for the Washington team and why he will probably be um, a solid player for them moving forward and Terry scary Terry uh, McLaren 
did well as well. 10 receptions, 118 too. Um, so, you know, that's certainly a bright spot. And I know Washington is, believe it or not, they're one and three. They're still in the NFC East race. I think that the big question for them is they have to decide, is Dwayne Hackens the guy or do they need to shift back to Alex Smith, who I think personally gives them the best chance to win? Um, and if that happens, I don't know how many more opportunities Dwayne Hackens is going to get because, you know, Washington has really struggled to find uh, that quarterback uh, for them. You know, it's it's really been an up and down thing for them. Um, you know, I think every since uh, I, I don't know, every since everything has happened with Washington, I mean, they've gone through RG3, Alex Smith, uh, a, a ton of quarterbacks. Uh, you know, that history is just terrible. But this is one of the 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 questions here, I think, for Washington is who is going to be the starter moving forward? I think it has to be Alex Smith personally, if they expect to do anything this year um, and possibly beyond. Next up is the Arizona Cardinals versus the Carolina Panthers. Teddy Bridgewater getting his first rushing touchdown um, since he went down with a knee injury there in Minnesota. He looked really good. Uh, did throw an interception as well. Mike Davis played very good as well. 16 for 84 on the ground, and he had a touchdown there. Um, Robbie Anderson continues to look good coming over from the Jets. Eight receptions, 99 yards there. Um and then on the flip side of things, this is the first time we see DeAndre Hopkins a bit quiet, had the seven receptions for 41 yards. Uh, Kyler Murray did have three touchdowns on the day, but um, after a hot start for Arizona, they're now just two and two. And uh, Carolina kind of making some noise here. They're two and two. So right in the thick of things uh, for both teams here. Next up, we have the uh, Minnesota Vikings versus the Houston Texans. Uh, the story out of this one is uh, Coach Bill O'Brien gets fired here after the game as they fall to 0-4. The Houston Texans probably had one of the toughest schedules in the business this year. Um, you know, you come in, you get beat by a Minnesota Vikings team at home that had actually been struggling as well, and they get their first win of the season. Um very tough. I, I mean, they let they let Kirk Cousins actually have a pretty good game here. He didn't a clean game. He didn't have any turnovers. Adam Thielen had eight for one fourteen. Uh, Justin Jefferson, a rookie that they've been high on here in Minnesota, had four for one hundred three. And just the struggles continue on Houston side of the ball. I mean, it's just not a whole bunch of offensive weapons here. Um, Deshaun Watson was kind of running for his life. He did have three sacks, did throw two touchdowns, though. Um, and just not a whole bunch of bright spots there. Will Furler uh, did have a touchdown in 108 as far as the receptions, but not too much else going on there. And so, you know, it's, it's a huge question mark here for Houston moving forward is where do they go now that they've lost GM? Um, and Coach Bill Bryan is it's another tough loss, and you hope that Deshaun Watson is able to to kind of rally the troops, and they're able to figure something out here uh, moving forward for the rest of the season. Next up was the Los Angeles Rams versus the New York Giants. I think probably the story out of this one was probably Golden Tate getting into the fight with Jalen Ramsey there. Um, 
very interesting uh, family affair. If you look that up as to why they got into the, the confrontation, very interesting, I will say that. Um, so, you know, it's not a whole bunch to kind of point here to in this game other than the Giants are pretty terrible. And even though they're 0-4, they're still in the, the hunt here in the NFC East, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, that's how terrible the NFC East is. But, um, you know, they're just they're struggling as a football team. I, I think that at some point they've got to figure out, is Daniel Jones the guy for them? Um, they, they're struggling to get into the red zone. Um, huge question mark. I, I mean, they've, they've given away most of their playmakers here. There's no more Odell Beckham out there. And on top of that, you don't have Saquon Barkley there, who's a, an elite playmaker as well for you. So, you know, it's going to start to you're going to start to have them those questions for Daniel Jones. The same thing that they have from Mitch Jabisky here soon is just is he the guy? Um, you know, but really, really an anemic offense for New York and they struggle. Uh, Jared Goff and company didn't play their best game, um, even though he did have 200 for a touchdown. Uh, he I don't know. It was just kind of a sluggish football game when you looked at this one. Uh, Cooper Cobb did have a, a pretty good catch and a touchdown uh, late in that game, but not a whole bunch of fireworks here. 17 to, to nine. The Rams take care of business as expected. So uh, the Rams keep moving on here and looking pretty good uh, in the standings as well. The Colts versus the Bears, uh, 19 to 11. This goes to the Colts. Um, I, I really anticipated that the, the the Bears would play a lot better with Nick Foles starting. Um, believe it or not, that's only their first loss of the year um, with Nick Foles. I mean, it's... It's interesting that they only scored 11 points, but is it a testament to kind of the defense that uh, the Colts were able to play? I mean, they were able to force the turnover there, um, were able to kind of keep everything in front of them, kind of basically eliminated, eliminated the ground attack for the Bears, only 27 yards for David Montgomery, who is now the starting back for Tariq Cohens, who is out with a knee injury for the year. Um, not a whole bunch of fireworks down the field there for the Bears. Allen Robertson did has seven for 101 and a touchdown late. Um, yeah, but just not a whole bunch down the field. I think that you're looking at um, a Colts team that on the flip side of things, it's a run first kind of team. Um, 17 rushes, 68 yards for Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Naheem Himes had nine carries. Jordan Wilkerson had nine carries. Um, and then when you look at the receiving core, um, not a whole bunch of targets out there. Um, T.Y. Hilton hasn't really done a whole bunch throughout the year. And Moali Cox seems to be the best option out in Indianapolis. And for me, looking at Phillip Rivers, this almost kind of reminds me of Antonio Gates situation here. Um, I, I really fully expect for like Mo Ali Cox to be that kind of guy for him. And maybe that's kind of the direction this offense is kind of going uh, versus, you know, really going down the field. It may be one of like those situations where it is a run first uh, offense and they are kind of dinking and dumping the ball down the field. So um, could be tough, you know, if you're playing fantasy and you have like a guy like T.Y. Hilton or uh, Zach Pascal or any of these guys that are playing the wide receiver position at this point in time, uh, the Colts are winning games. You know, they're three and one. 
and they're winning games and it's not a whole bunch of points on the board, but they're getting it done. And what can you say? So I guess if you're a Colts fan, you're winning football games, um, but not putting up a whole bunch of points. So interesting for the Colts. I thought that they were going to put up a lot more points, especially with Phillip Rivers um, at quarterback and how he likes to go down the field and veteran receivers and things like that. So um, a testament to Frank Wright and what he's been able to do is just kind of divine or drawing up a system, designing a system that really works best for his football team. Um, next up is the Buffalo Bills and the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, the Buffalo Bills continue to be hot. Uh, they're a really, really good football team. Um, I knew that they were going to be good. I, I thought that the next step for them was going to be, was Josh Allen going to make that step moving forward? And it looks like he is definitely taking that step. Um, he is definitely hitting a lot of the throws that he missed late in the year. Um, he hasn't been injury prone. And Buffalo moves to 4-0. Las Vegas right there at 2-2 two two in the AFC West. Um, not a bad football team. Um, I like how they're scoring points. But uh, first, let's start off with Buffalo. 288 for Josh Allen. Two touchdowns look good there. Devin Singletary gets a touchdown on the ground. And Stefan Diggs has another terrific game through the air with six receptions, 115. I know a lot of people were wondering, would Stefan Diggs be able to get acclimated to this system as quickly as he did? Or kind of would he lose a step because he's transitioning over from Minnesota system? But uh, Stefan Diggs has been terrific and really, you know, they've done a terrific job in getting him the football and John Brown has done well to Cole Beasley emerging back um, into some football relevance as well. I know he had some some good years for Dallas and kind of didn't have such a good year, I think, the last year or so. But he's really starting to emerge there as a slot again and in and, and a big time way. He scored a touchdown, too. So uh, this offense is humming. It's looking good. They have a lot of pieces there that they can kind of come at you with um, from the wide receiver core tight end situation. Um, they're getting production here from the backs and then also to Josh Allen running the football as well. Um, on the other side of the ball, the Raiders, Derek Carr, 311, two touchdowns. Uh, Darren Waller had a pretty good one as well. Nine receptions, 88 yards. I just think that this is still a work in progress i think that they're getting more comfortable each game working with coach gruden um i think before it's all said and done when henry ruggs and these guys come back um i think that you're looking at a raiders team that is going to be potent um it's tough for them though because they play pretty much i think in the same uh, well over there pretty much with the, the chiefs and stuff like that so in order to come out of the AFC, you're going to have to score an abundance of points. And, you know, that's that's where the Raiders are at this point. I think that they're still developing offensively um, and still kind of putting it together a little bit defensively. I know they had a lot of guys that were out defensively, especially their rookie corner and things like that. So um, they're going to be right there in the thick of things, uh, still hanging in there. So impressive on both sides, both teams. Next up was the San Francisco 49ers versus the Eagles. Um, this was kind of an ugly football game here. Uh, 25 to 20, 49ers get beat. And I I, I really had the, the 49ers winning this game. Uh, one, two, and one. The Eagles, I think, 
believe, lead the NFC East, a terrible NFC East. Uh, 49ers holding it together, 2-2. Two and two. Big game for uh, George Kittle. I believe he played very, very well. Um, 15 receptions, 183, and a touchdown. I think that they'll be just fine once Jimmy Garoppolo gets back. Um, and, you know, the Eagles holding it together. They, they get it done. And it was a... Not a clean football game for Carson Wentz as he threw an interception, but uh, they had just enough to get it done as the defense was able to get a pick six and, and force turnovers as well uh, against the San Francisco 49ers. Um, next up are the two Monday night games that played here yesterday. Uh, the New England-Kansas City game got pushed to Monday due to COVID-19 protocols there. Um and then uh, Atlanta and the Green Bay Packers. So starting off with the Kansas City Chiefs, they went 26 to 10. Um, really a tough football game for Kansas City. First time they had been held without a touchdown in the half. Uh, really started to pick it up there late. Uh, New England struggled. They didn't have Cam Newton, who was out due to COVID-19 there. Um you know, I think New England is going to be tough, especially when they get Cam Newton back. I can definitely see where they're going to be tough on the ground. And I think Cam Newton makes them a ton of better in the air once he gets back. Uh, as New England went through two quarterbacks here yesterday, Patrick Mahomes was okay, 236, two touchdowns. Um, but, you know, New England did a terrific job in really slowing down uh, the Chiefs. And I think this is something that a lot of teams will take a look at here, especially when it comes down to trying to move, um, move to try to, to, to actually move Kansas City into some discomfortable situations offensively. I think that you take a look at what New England's able to do defensively, um, some of the zone man coverages that they were able to execute, which really slowed down the Holmes. Uh, very impressed with them, even though they lost that football game. Uh, Green Bay Packers 4-0, 0-4 for Atlanta. They just looked terrible to Atlanta, and Green Bay just looked amazing. I think that when you look at uh, Green Bay, it, this was very impressive to me because they had um, they had their top offensive weapon out um, from the wide receiver standpoint. Two of their top weapons out from the uh, from the wide receiver standpoint in Devontae Adams, um, and then I think uh, their their next guy up there as well did not play due to an, an abdomen injury. Um, can't think of his name right now, but didn't play. They just basically had a ton of backs and tight ends. And talk about backs and tight ends. Robert Tanyan played terrific. Three touchdowns, six receptions, 98 yards there. Jamal Williams, eight receptions, 95 yards. Um, you look at what they were able to do on the ground as well. Aaron Jones, 15 for 71. Uh, just so many ways that Green Bay can beat you. Um, they look really, really good. They look like they can do pretty much anything that they want. I think that Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur are on the same page and looking really good. Um, as far as Coach Quinn and Atlanta, uh, they just look, they looked really bad. Uh, they looked anemic. Uh, Todd Gurley did have two touchdowns, but not a whole bunch of, of things happening down the field for them. I think they lose Julio Jones again to the hamstring uh, injury that he was actually questionable for uh, coming into the game. So unfortunate there for him. 
Um, and just that's it's a tough situation for the Falcons is they're 0 and 4 and I just I don't see them getting any better they lost a ton of people as well to injury um, last night too so you know I think Atlanta is definitely in trouble Green Bay looks good here in the NFC North um, definitely looking like they're one of the best offenses in the league as well and that essentially was it for week four as the other game that was scheduled to take off was Pittsburgh versus the Tennessee Titans, which was postponed due to COVID-19. I believe they're going to play back in week seven or eight. But for the most part, um, that was week four. We talked about the injuries. We talked about the firing there at the head coaching position for the Texans. I uh, talked a little bit about the struggles here for the Atlanta Falcons, too. So uh, that's today's show. And for uh, myself, here. This is Rico with Real Talk Sports. Want to thank Anchor for being our platform. Want to thank the fans out there who have chimed in and helped us come up with topics for the show. Um, and just let you know that we will be back here for another show as we'll be talking about the NBA Finals and we'll be talking about week five of the NFL uh, schedule. So until next time, take care.